On today's episode of the Gaucho Nine podcast, we have former Gaucho and current San Diego Padres minor leaguer Marcos Castanon. We dove into a bunch of hitting, had a lot of fun talking about his journey as a Gaucho and then being drafted and being the man in the middle of the lineup in Lake Elsinore and winning a championship with the Storm, moving up to high A and into double A. Uh, we talked uh, hitting approach. We talked a little bat flip. We talked hitting with three strikes. A uh, really great interview from a uh, true professional, Marcos Castanon, who has uh, really had a, an outstanding career in the minor leagues and is only getting better and better and better. And his primary focus now is uh, shoring up his defense. So talked a lot of uh, offensive baseball things on this podcast here this week with Marcos. It is uh, brought to you, of course, by our great friends and primary sponsor, Kyle's Kitchen, proud supporters of the Gouch 9 podcast and UCSB baseball. Let's get to Marcos Castanon. It's one of the most beautiful views of any campus in America, the Pacific Ocean crashing against the shores of UC Santa Barbara every morning, noon, and night. Here's the one-strike pitching. Mitchell belts us to deep left. Cabrera is going to watch it fly. And Curley pulls back the home run, and the Gauchos are going to win the game. Gauchos are going to Omaha. Can you believe it? Borgonio is back. He's going to turn and watch this one fly. A two-run homer for Clausen. And the score is due. Here comes Mitchell. He's going to score. Willits will make the catch. And the Gauchos are 2022 Big West champions. All right, this is going to be a real treat. Uh, my guest today played at UCSB from 2018 to 2021. He was a Big West champ in 2019. Played in two regionals in his career as a Gaucho. 104 games played. He had 307, 21 doubles, three triples, 15 homers, 75 RBIs. He slugged 507, and he was a 2021 Big West honorable mention. We'll get to that. He was an all two all tucson regional team and in the tucson regional in 2021 he was nine for 18 with five runs scored three doubles a homer 10 rbis and a stolen base and uh bear with me i know you're a humble guy here but drafted <laughs> in the 12th round by the padres in 21 uh full season in single a in 2022 with lake elsinore and then this year made it up to double a with the san antonio missions uh, I'm gonna run through the stats just just to get them out of the way. So last year, Lake Elsinore, that single season, uh, Cal or single A Cal League, mm -hmm. 117 games, 25 doubles, 23 homers, 85 RBIs, 882 OPS, and this year, total between single A Fort Wayne and double A San Antonio, 131 games, hit 284, 39 doubles, 17 homers, 84 RBIs and totaled 500 at-bats, which I thought was pretty cool stat, 500 at-bats. That's getting it yeah. done. And uh, <laughs> let's see. And uh, so the 39 doubles, that was fourth across all of the minor leagues, uh, which is pretty cool. So if you haven't guessed it already, uh, our guest is uh, Marcos Castanon, uh, first time on the pod, and you're checking in from Hawaii, of all places, really enjoying the offseason. But uh, good morning, Marcos. How you been, dude? Yeah, I'm good, man. How are you? It's It's good to be on here. I'm doing great. Uh, it, it's cool to have you on. We we haven't talked to you before, and you're, I think uh, maybe we've covered many pitchers, 
We've had some pretty good pitches roll through this program, and, and it's cool to have a guy who has really thumped the baseball with the bat uh, on the yeah. podcast. But uh, how you finished up a couple weeks weeks ago? How are you enjoying the off season so far? Yeah, you know it's good. It's always like an interesting time. Like I know last year was my first real off season, and I thought I had to like start you know doing stuff in October and. You know, now I have more of a feel for it and, you know, I, I'm letting my body kind of relax and then slowly kind of build into it. But, man, it's it's good. It's good to get this downtime. And, you know, I'm in Hawaii right now with my girlfriend and the last couple of weeks I was with my family, you know, saw my little brother for a while and it was it was pretty cool. And you told me that you you spent the weekend in Tahoe, too. So yeah. <laughs> family in SoCal, Tahoe, now Hawaii, like you're kicking yeah. it off uh, on the right foot here. Yeah, yeah, it was it was planned out for a while, so it's good to, to be doing it now. Tell me, tell me about Tahoe, because I, I spent plenty of time in Tahoe, and I love it up there. But tell me about Tahoe, how'd it go? Yeah, yeah, it was good. We uh, we were in South Lake Tahoe. We we went to the we went to the the beach, you know, hung out at some bars, went to some casinos, and you know, unfortunately, you know, I had to watch the Cowboys get beat up by the Forty Nine ers, so that, that that wasn't too cool. But it's all good. Cowboys fan. Yeah, yeah. You you and Justin Hawkman. Do you know Justin Hawkman is a big college fan? <laughs> yeah, I see it all over his Instagram. It's hilarious. <laughs> and then and Hawaii. Did you just get into Hawaii? Yeah, so I got here yesterday morning, see like eleven forty five, but yeah, this 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 the sun in this ocean is good for your body, I'll tell you that. Yes, sir, especially after you play hundred and thirty one games. Yeah, yeah, for sure. How so like what's your plan on on getting back to work like are you just kind of feeling it out or is there a is there a set plan where you're going to start training for for february yeah so uh you know this year is a little different my my focus isn't going to be just like weightlifting as much i have to get you know i have to build more athleticism and you know that's always been a thing for me so like you know early on in the in the you know off season like yesterday you know i went to the gym just did the, the airdyne bike for like 30 minutes and you know that you know that that bike's pretty hard and you know did a bunch of cardio core and then you know i'm, I'm actually going to start playing some pickleball more and you know i think that, that that should probably help me with my athleticism so wow that'd be like a good start <laughs> pickleball let's go yeah <laughs> working that lateral quickness right yeah yeah for sure for sure getting wow. off the ball i mean I, I remember in in 19 like you and like Andrew Martinez and Armani Smith, like you guys are pretty tight. And yeah. like, like the joke around the infield was always no range, no errors with you. <laughs> yeah. Right? Is that, yeah. How, how are you, so you're going about changing that. You're like, um, I'm, I'm had enough of that saying like, I'm ready to have some range. Yeah. Yeah. So it's actually funny. Like this year was like the best defensive season, like range wise that I've ever had. So like, you know, it, it felt good to like, you know, that, that name isn't a thing anymore. <laughs> so yeah, you know, it, it's it's definitely nice to, like, see my progression on defense because I wasn't always, like, the best defender. I can always catch it, but it, it was the balls to the left and right that were kind of tough. And, you know, I worked on it in the offseason and, and you know, even during the season with our coordinators, and I'm, I'm much better now. How are the Padres Same going about – Yeah, how, how, sorry, how are the Padres going about, like, quantifying those those details? And, and where did you play this year? Were you – Primarily one position, or were you moving around the infield in multiple spots? Yeah, so I, I was at third a lot, and then I moved to second a lot once I got to double A. And, you know, I, I I was always more of like a – I've always played second base. And, you know, I like third base a lot, 
but when I was moving to second, it kind of helped me with my range and I'd get to more balls and yeah, it, it was good there. Uh, they, they moved me out to second. I was, I was, uh, the playoff second baseman in San Antonio. So yeah, yeah. I made some cool plays too. So. Right, we'll, we'll get to we'll get to double A. It's going to be kind of at the end of the story because that's where you're currently at. But let's let's go back because 2018 you arrive at UCSB and like going over your statistics and and being there when you came as a freshman. Like you had a big transition from the beginning to yeah. the end of your career. Like it was it was visible for me. I think it was mostly because I'd gotten to the point now where I'd, I'd seen more of the college game and, and kind of understood it and could recognize growth. And you were probably one of the first guys where I saw like from start to finish. And you were a different player, different hitter freshman year compared yeah. to senior year. I mean, at senior year, it felt like no one could put something in the zone and get away with it with you. But yeah. maybe at the beginning of your career, you would chase and, and maybe get yourself out. So like talk about how, like what changed from the start to the finish your career? What were like maybe some big moments or, or some coaching points where you made those adjustments? Yeah, I'd say like early on in my career, my first year, second year, you know, I was I was looking to do damage, but it was almost to the point where I thought I can hit everything. And that was the problem where the sliders look like, you know, up and in and I started going and then, you know, they were on the ground, you know, a couple of feet in front of the home plate. And I think as, as I got older, I kind of, you know, my, my dad had a big uh, help me with this adjustment, but he, you know, he'd tell me like, you know, you've always hit the ball hard. You're going to hit the ball hard, but you can't hit the ball hard if you're swinging at a pitch out of the zone or something that you can hit hard. So I think like, like one of the main things I did was kind of like, I just shrunk my, uh, my batter's bike, my, my strike zone. And, you know, I would look for the pitch kind of up and in at that level. Like, you know, even now, you know, I still do the same thing, but, you know, I, I really remember um, shrinking my strike zone and, and seeing the ball up. And I know Ferg, the year he got there, that was the big thing. It was like, see the ball up. And, you know, it, it's it's a real thing. And it allows you to, like, I, I, I was okay with if I was laid on a fastball up, I was okay with that. But I know that that's, that, that was what's going to work in the, in the long season. And, it, you know, it did. So looking at the stats from, from your freshman year, now, you never really struck out ever. Like freshman year, you had 123 ABs, struck out 11 times. Senior year, 109 at-bats, struck out 22 times. So like strikeouts weren't the issue ever. Like you're always putting putting bat on ball. But just the, the difference between hitting 220, hitting 404 from freshman year to senior year. And in 2019, you know, there was there was some moxie in that lineup. And mm -hmm. was it fun to like to hit in that lineup? Cause you guys, you had guys like Yang and Martinez and Armani and, and T row. I mean, I'm, I'm forgetting guys off the top of my head, but like that lineup did damage. It was probably fun to hit in that lineup. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that, that year was weird because uh, I got hurt early and I was out for like two months. So I was like, you know, watching these guys just fall out and, just kill, you know, kill college baseball. And that's what we did that year. And then, yeah, it was, it, it was cool to watch from like, you know, it was kind of like, it was like, I was like a fan. Cause you know, I, I, I couldn't go out there and play, you know, I was hurt. And then when I did get back in there, I was, it was just kind of like contagious. Like 
I got in there and it was like, okay, I'm getting in this lineup now and these guys are banging. And I, I just, I had the confidence, you know, that I was going to go in there and do the same thing. And that's, that's what good lineups do, you know, and that's what I've noticed, you know, throughout playing, like when you have a good lineup, anyone can go in there and they're going to fill that role quick. You, unfortunately you had some injuries in your, in your gaucho career yet. Like the numbers are still there over 104 yeah. games. Like there's, they're strong and 19, you were hampered by, by injury. And then in 21, you had the ham eight, right? Like we, we thought you were going to go and hit 500 with 30 <laughs> homers. Like it, it felt like, yeah, that. Uh, in, yeah, it did feel in, like that in, in 21, but you go down with the ham eight and you know, we're, we're fighting for uh, a conference championship down the stretch and while I'm not happened, but we make it to a regional and, and you get to Tucson, I mean, like, what happened in Tucson? Was it the, like, were you just in a really good place offensively? Was it, I'm on the big stage and I want to show out here? Like, what went into it? Like, what got into you? Because you were, you just hit the cover off the ball every time and were a huge part of the, the Gaucho's success in that regional. Yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, the biggest thing for me was like trying to get back on the field and helping us win. You know, I, I wasn't really too worried about if I was going to play well or not. Because, you know, I couldn't really control that. You know, I took two months off and, you know, my, my, my hand was still like hurting for a while that year, like in Arizona. And, you know, I remember I had to do some stuff pregame where I was like, man, you know, we got to get through this. But, yeah, I think I was just getting in the box and, and really confident in myself. And, you know, I, I do love the big moment. Like every time I have to be the hitter to do something, I don't try to do too much. It's just like if you miss over the plate, you know, I'm going to hit the ball hard. And yeah, I, I just felt in a really good, uh, really good groove out in Arizona. And luckily it was like 120. So, you know, I didn't really <laughs> feel my, my hand too much because it was hot. But yeah, that was a fun series. I still see some of the Oklahoma State guys, you know, in pro ball now. Mm -hmm. They'll come up to me like, dude, what were you on over there? You know, I tell them, you guys are just throwing me fastballs. And I think that was one of the biggest, you know, adjustments too, is not seeing a pitch for, not seeing pitching for a while. And, and, you know, in the Big West, they usually give you a lot of change-up sliders and 2-0 counts. And I was getting myself in good counts, and, you know, I forced them to throw me the fastball, and I did miss it. Was there a summer where you played in Cape, in Cape Cod? Yeah, yeah, I did, I did. So how was that experience? How was that experience? So it was 2019, because Xander Darby, he came back from the Cape, and he had some some really cool things to say about how they pitched him and how he was able to adjust his strike zone, like you said earlier. So did that Cape yeah. season have anything to do with you transitioning into being a better hitter later in your gaucho career? Yeah, you know, I, I struggled out there. I hit like 180-something out there, I think. But, yeah, I mean, I was they, they were kind of, you know, pitching me. They were throwing 97 with good sliders, and that was the first time I've ever seen that. So, you know, I, I was just missing my fastballs chasing the sliders, and then – you know, I made that adjustment. That was like really the first time that I struggled in my career was in the Cape and I was all alone. So I was like, you know, I got to figure this out. And I wasn't going to, you know, quit or nothing. But yeah, that was like the first time I really struggled and I had to make an adjustment. And, you know, I, I remembered I I shortened my swing a little bit, not the leg kick, but like it was more like my eyes. I slowed my eyes down and not trying to like kill the ball. And that's the adjustment I made after that Cape season. And that's what really like turned it around so far 
And you still you still have that leg kick. I mean, it's the patented Marcus Castle <laughs> yeah. leg kick, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny. Guys are like, I've never seen a leg kick go almost to your chin. <laughs> it doesn't feel like that when I'm hitting. I feel like I'm just barely lifting my leg. Has it like? Uh, did it start with like kind of a, a low leg kick, and then it just gradually just got bigger and bigger and bigger as you got more comfortable with it? Yeah. So I was actually always like a toe tap hitter when I growing up. And I remember it was weird. I was hitting one one uh, at a field going into my senior year of high school, and my dad was like, "You know, you're not you're not tapping into your power. You're hitting a bunch of like singles and doubles. But you know, if you want to sign, like, if because I wanted to sign out of high school, he's like, if you want to sign, you got to have some pop. And I was like, well, you tell me what to do. And then I just started lifting my leg, and I was hitting balls out. So ever since then, I was like, yeah, I'm I'm riding with this leg kick. <laughs> The, the leg kick is great and it it's yeah, yeah. when it connects it's it's a beautiful thing and you've had a lot of success with it so so keep it going but you mentioned your dad yeah. and one thing i remember about watching gaucho games when you were here at ucsb is the, the cast on family they're rolling in and they're rolling deep yeah so, like <laughs> was your family able to to still watch you because you played at lake elsinore for a whole year so they were probably at all those games too uh, a little harder in fort wayne indiana and yeah. in San Antonio, Texas, but like, so your family's played probably played a big role in your career. Can you, can you speak to them? Yeah, yeah. You know, my 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 mom and dad are the quiet ones. You know, they were just there watching, but it was always like my aunt that would scream. And, yeah, yeah. It was it was it was pretty funny because you would I would know she was there every time. Are they there like tailgating and? Because I've see I see little kids like running around with casting on jerseys and stuff. Like how. How yeah. many are making it to a game like on average? Um, I'd say in college there was like there was probably like five or six. Yeah, because it was just my yeah. aunt's family and then my mom, dad, and my little brother. So the little brother's probably the one wearing the the cast on jersey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Back. Heck yeah. <laughs> All right. So you, so you get picked by the Padres in twenty one. Yeah, you play that full year at at Elsinore and. 117 games, 25 doubles, 23 homers. Did that team go to the postseason? Yeah, we actually went and we sweep the, the playoffs, you know, went 4 0 and won the championship. Won the whole damn thing. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> so Funny, what's we actually it? got like black rings. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was different, but yeah, they look pretty cool. Well, what, what's it like playing a whole season being the staple in the lineup? you know, playing professional baseball? Because that's probably something that you've been dreaming of and you got to do it close to home. I know it's single A, but who cares? Like, it's still pro ball and you're and you're moving up. You felt like you're, yeah. you're, you're learning a lot that year. Like, what was it like being the man in the middle? Yeah, it, I mean, it, it was it was good because I, I knew I could always do it, but, you know, the injuries always set me back. So I was like, I don't really know what I, I can do in a full – like if I get a hundred plus games or I play like ninety percent of the season, so I felt it felt good to like you know be in the lineup for you know the team and and well it's mostly like for myself and you know prove to myself that yeah I can stay healthy. I I always had the stigma of getting hurt and being out, but yeah that whole season I was healthy and yeah it felt good. It felt good, and I think being close to home too helped. You know my parents could come and watch, and I'm sure they felt good about me hitting the three hole every day. Heck yeah. Was there yeah. was there something that you changed with your physical routine or diet that you think helped 
keep you healthy for that whole season? Yeah. So, you know, I don't remember in college if I drank a whole lot of water, but you know, <laughs> we're on the field a lot more now. So like I would drink a lot, like a lot of water and, you know, I would obviously like hot tub, cold tub. That was a new thing that, you know, I'm, I was doing, you know, in affiliate ball, like low A and then all the way to this year's uh, the hot tub before, like I'd say like an hour and a half before the game, I'd sit in there for 10 minutes and then start activating my body, you know, getting in the gym and, yeah, it's a whole different routine than college, man. It's crazy, mm-hmm. but it helps. I mean, it's a long season. Well, because your because your injuries were more soft tissue injuries. Right? Yeah, those, I mean, those ones are like always tricky. Yeah, the hammock was kind of a freak one. <laughs> so this year, you start in you start in high A, Fort Wayne, play seventy seven games. You had 287, 20 doubles, thirteen homers, fifty eight RBIs get promoted to double a and i saw so i was you know i was tracking your season i knew you were doing well like i knew that you did well last year and i was following the season so you got bumped up to double a you're playing with cole cummings who is up there as well and i, I you know the homers weren't coming the homers yeah. were coming and i'm sure i know that there is you know there's a step that you have to take once you you move up the the pitching is different this the whole game changes when you come up and it's and it's more difficult to adjust for for a lot of hitters. But like I noticed you weren't hitting homers. You're still hitting doubles. You wound up with four with four homers. Um I know it's not the goal to hit as many homers as you can, but <laughs> but still like it's it's a noticeable noticeable statistic because yeah. of the, the change in talent level. So like what's the difference between going from high A, which is a level above single A, to double A and the adjustments that you have to make at the plate. Yeah, you know, it's def- it's like the the difference that I, you know, really saw was like high A, there was guys throwing 98 to 100, like starters. It was crazy. But they were kind of missing over the plate more. And, you know, in double A, it's guys 90, 93, maybe a guy throwing 97, but they're, they can throw the ball wherever they want. And they throw whatever they can, like, and get like a, three oh slider like i got a couple three oh sliders because they knew you know i was swinging at three one heaters and yeah that, that that's the thing like it's easier to get yourself out in double a because they're not just kind of feeding you fastballs so guys in the high eight so you're saying like the secondary stuff mm-hmm. the secondary stuff yeah. is is much better i mean it's it's darn near big league level if i said yeah if, yeah I, I say yeah they can they they, they tunnel more and you know, it, they they keep you more like off off balance than they did in high. High, you know, you you kind of you're gonna get your fastball and you just can't miss it, and that's that's the name of the game. You know, you can't miss your fastball, but you know it's different when you're not getting the fastballs and they're just landing sliders, and then you get to like two accounts throw a change, ready ready change up. Like, you know, it's that that was that was a difference that I saw. But you know, as far as like the homers thing, that field we played at. I hit a couple of balls like 105, 106, and you know, they, they, you know, San Antonio is known for like, you know, not being like a launch pad. So I hit all my homers on the road at uh, Double A. Yeah, interesting. E- even even in Texas, I I guess I figured, yeah, unless the wind's blowing straight in all the time, I would figure in places like Texas in the summertime, everywhere is gonna the ball's gonna jump just because it's hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was weird. It was always like it was always wind blowing straight in or blowing like straight down third base. Like there was a, there was a ball I hit this year, 
um, right down the line, you know, I hit it and I was like, that ball is going way out. And then I start rounding first and I look up and he's, he's at the warning track, just caught the ball. I was like, wow, that, that's crazy. Well, and I know as, as a hitter, as poor of a hitter as I was, I still knew that when I really got something, when I, I really tagged it or was flushed through the baseball. So you, you've had light, you know, many, many more at bats than I ever had in my career, but I, I could still tell like when I got it. So you, you probably knew like, yeah. Oh yeah. I got all of that one, but the elements are saying not, not so fast, <laughs> my friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got into like five or six and I was like, wow, that's, it's crazy, but that's hitting, man. It's hard to like mm-hmm. you can't get you can't get frustrated and like I gotta hit the ball further. Like I did nothing wrong. It's just you know, it was I hit it at the bad time and the bad wrong field to hit it at. But yeah. Well, how would you describe yourself as a hitter? Like the type of hitter as a professional. Has yourself as a professional hitter, is it different than you were as a as a gaucho? Like your style of hitting. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm much more aggressive in, in you know the counts that are needed to be. You know, I'm I'm fine with getting in a 2-0 count and swinging through you know a fastball. And in college, I was getting a 2-0, and I was like, you know, I gotta hit this ball down the line or get it the other way. Now I get to 2-0, and I'm I'm honestly trying. Like, if you leave the ball in the zone, I'm hitting this thing over the center field wall. And in college, you know, I didn't have that aggressiveness yet. But I guess that's with that's what comes with getting you know 500 at bats you know a season is you start learning about yourself and you know knowing when to take those shots you know. I mean, 500 at bats, 500. That's <laughs> you just think about it. It's a ton of at bats. You had 361 at bats in your four year gaucho career. <laughs> yeah, 300, 361. You know, granted it, it was you know minimized by some injuries here and there, but. 501 season and i think as you grow older you learn that repetition what the value of repetition really mm-hmm. is like i think college coaches you know they, they send their guys out to places like the cape in the summer after playing a full college season and and maybe the college player is a little burnt out or like oh I, i'm tired or i want to go home or I, I need i need to rest but you cannot replace those 100 130 at bats that you're going to get that summer and so 500 ab's like physically the season is probably taxing like do you feel better at the beginning of the season or do you feel better at the end of the season as far as like your preparation and your approach like i would venture to guess you probably felt better at the end of the season yeah yeah, physically yeah yeah and then you know coming out of this year it was weird Cause I went straight to Fort Wayne, Indiana, where it's like the hottest day. The first month was probably 40 degrees. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I was, I played, I grew up in SoCal, played four years at, in, you know, in Santa Barbara, played a year in Lake Elsinore. Like I was not ready for that 40 degrees, you know, having to, you know, go to the heater and sit there for like two minutes and then go on deck it, it was, it was, it was different. It was different, but hmm. yeah, I'd say towards the end, you know, I felt more locked in, you know, my eyes have seen so many pitches and, you know, I didn't have to go in there looking for something. I kind of, I knew what I was going to hit and, you know, it, it, it just felt good to be in there later in the season. 
So I, I talked to Spencer Erdman a bunch about having you on the podcast and he told me that I, I have to get you to talk about your approach, <laughs> your approach with three strikes. So yeah, can you please tell us the story about how that came about and why you started saying that. Cause yeah. So I think your, your friends will probably love it and the coaches will definitely love it because it's just, it's just brilliant. I'm the best hitter with three strikes, right? That's, that's what you said. Something like that. Yeah. 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 So I remember, I think we were in Fullerton and, um, you know, Fullerton was kind of spinning me and I, I was hitting them. I was hitting those guys, but I think someone was like, you know, someone was having a hard time with like two strikes and, and they're, you know, like, you know, once you get to two strikes, you feel like you're in a hole and you're like, I got to put something in play. But like what changed the mentality for me where I was like, I can hit with two strikes, but if you leave something over the plate or like, if you try to get me to chase, you know, I'm not swinging with that. I, I, I trust myself. And yeah, I remember telling early, I was like, yeah, I, I can hit with three strikes. So it's just like, it was, it was a way of like, kind of telling them like, yeah, I don't, I'm fearless in there. I don't care. If I'm Oh two. I could have three strikes. Like I'm still going to go in there and I'm going to hit or I'm going to walk. Did that like carry over to your, to your other teammates? Like, did it become a, like a, like a thing like joking yeah. around the dugout and, and like hitting <laughs> around the cage and stuff? Yeah. 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 It was a, keeps everyone aggressive and it keeps everyone loose. Like, you know, the, the, it's, it's easy to kind of get in this like, whole of taking it really really serious and getting your eyes tense that you know i you gotta just go in there and you know it's like like you know check would say it's it's literally wiffle ball and you know you can't if you have oh two one two two oh like it's it should be the same thing you still have a strike to give as long as you have a strike to give anything can happen in that bat well you certainly proved it in your gaucho career without <laughs> yeah. doubt Without a doubt. And I, I think uh, like you in this setting and, and any time that we talked about like the season or I talked to you like about stuff for the radio, like you take a pretty humble approach, but you have a, a, a swagger on the field that, you know, makes you who you are. And we can have a little fun here. Like the bat flips. Like I watched some <laughs> of your highlights of the homers in yeah. double A. Like there are a couple where you like, you send a message, you send a message. So like when it comes to, to bat flip after you really tag something, like, are they, are they pre-pitched? Do you like talk about it with your teammates, like in the clubhouse or is it more like a instinctive in the moment thing? No, it's definitely in, in the moment because really it was funny. Yeah. So this, this, this one I hit in the playoff, this, this pitcher was, it was, you know, extra inning. It was a tight game. And this, this was this year. I think I know what this, which one you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, so um, the guy in front of me, he, like, faked a bunt, and the pitcher, you know, in Spanish goes, why are you trying to bunt? Swing the damn bat. And I was like, all right. He told that to the guy in front of me. So he gets walked. I swung at a first-pitch slider, took a fastball up, and I was like, he's going to throw me that slider up again, and I'm going to launch this thing. He did it. I hit it. It it, it hit. It was a bomb. Like, I hit it. Everyone knew in the park. And that put us up instead of two, we were up five. So that was like the dagger. And, you know, I hit it and I just stood there, watched it through my bat. And I don't know why I did this, but I decided I'm going to take my elbow guard off and toss it to the dugout. <laughs> and I, I don't have no idea why I did it, but, you know, the moment told me to do it. And I just went with whatever my body told me to do. 
it was pretty funny. Well, you know, the game changes pitch to pitch. You know, yeah. we know this. I I know this from broadcasting. Like so much can change over the course of of a of an of an of a game of an inning of a you know pitching change whatever the count is the situations always change and so you know it, that's a big part it's it's a pivotal moment of the season it's the playoffs like i yeah. get i get it like hey you uh you took your time around the bases too which uh yeah which, which i enjoyed a couple of hops yeah. and skits here and there pretty great it's also it's also nice when the crowd just goes completely silent mm. so i was enjoying it i was like you know i don't i mean i'm gonna enjoy this moment and I, you know, I did. It was, it was, it was cool. And I kind of like looked around, and then in my head, I was like, "Yeah, you guys aren't," because you know, you get chirped in the minors. Like, you go to these random cities like Amarillo, Texas, or like Little Rock, Arkansas, and you know, those fans, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll tell you, you know, if you're struggling, if you strike out, you know, they'll pull up like your your bio, you know, talk about your mom. And, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And those, and those little little uh, those little cities, they're they're pretty brutal. Have you thought about? It? Chris Troy brought this up when I talked to him about going from a prospect to a performer. Like, do you feel like you're a performer out on the field? You're no longer like fighting for something. Like you are performing. You know, I've never really thought of that. I, I, I mean, I just I go out there. I don't really think about like prospect performer. You know, if I'm in the lineup that day, you know, I'm gonna try to be the best player on the field. And yeah, that that's usually like that's how I was in you know college. You know, I didn't go in as like a prospect. I didn't sign the pro con. I was in the twelfth round or so. I was never like a prospect. But yeah, I'd say in yeah, I'm more of like a performer than a prospect. And I've always been. You know, I was overlooked. A lot of my life until I performed and I kind of forced them to, to you know, notice me like, yeah, you know, this guy's this guy's good. He's a baller. Playing with a chip on your shoulder. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it's always bit. been like that ever yeah. since I was younger. I don't know why. I've always wanted to be the best player, hit, hit home runs, and yeah, it's it's crazy, man. It's, it's crazy how uh, how fast that you know this <laughs> is all happening. What's well, what's well, great and. We we love it and and I love I love following it and, and it's great to catch up and I got I, to finish out I want to ask a couple of questions about like goals so mm-hmm. you finished this year with you know some we mentioned it some pretty good numbers you made double A like that's quite an accomplishment was were there any goals that you hit this year or there were any that you came up short of yeah I mean. My my number one goal every year is to to be healthy, and you know that was the main goal. I hit it, and obviously, like numbers and stuff, you know, I know that I'm gonna hit, and you know, I wanted to hit 20 home runs again this year, and you know, 17 is not too bad. I'm I can't beat myself up. I didn't know I was gonna hit as many doubles. I knew I was gonna hit like 30, and then as I was creeping up to 40. That's when I was like, I'm running out of the box hard. I'm getting this 40s double. Heck yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, not not really the numbers. I just wanted to get better as the season was going on. You know, I don't want to like, you know, peak really high in April and then slow down. You know, I always want to get better as the season's going. And I think my last two seasons, that's that's what I was able to do. And even as a defender, you know, early in the season, you know, it was I was a good defender, but I got much better on defense and – getting more plays, you know, getting off 
the ball faster. It's it's always like it's kind of it's easy to like feel the 150 games like it's hard to get better, but like you know if you have a good routine, you you can get a lot better because you're doing it every day. Could you feel the difference of the speed of the game going from Cal League to High A to Double A? Can you feel the difference of the speed of the game? I'd say like the the one difference I I saw was like you know the you're smarter like I was able to read swings like guys are able to read swings like off certain guys like a uh, righty throwing a lot of sliders you know the defense you know they're they're just smarter the defenders are a lot smarter the pitchers are smarter the pitch calling is smarter and the umpires are better that was the biggest thing I noticed was the umpires oh interesting yeah so, so as far as like your your plate discipline like. You're up there, and you feel like you got a good, a good eye on on whatever this breaking pitch is, and if if it's out of his hand at a certain spot, all right, that's going to be a couple inches outside. Maybe yeah. that's called a strike in the Cal League, but in Double A, it's called a ball. Like those yeah. types of things. I mean, yeah, but they'll 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 find a way to surprise you still though. So. <laughs> <laughs> of course, but yeah, they're, they're they're usually a lot better. They're a lot more consistent. <laughs> all right, what about goals for the uh, for the off season and then next year? Have you have you thought about yeah, that goals. yet, or you just just like don't want to think about baseball for a while? No, yeah, I mean we kind of went over it before we left, you know, and you know some of the goals was to be get agile. You know, I, I'm not looking to be like a Joe Panic defender or like a Arenado. You know, I I need to be a you know sure hand defender, and I'm going to get to to balls that I need to get to. And yeah, you know, just getting my, my, my first step, get off the ball. That's, that's like my biggest thing right now. And, you know, even at the plate, you know, I need to make adjustments because I was hitting a lot of ground balls and it was the guys with sinkers, the guys that would throw sinkers and like the sweeper slider. Mm -hmm. Those were the guys that I'd get in trouble with because I would see it in and it'd sink and I'd hit it hard, but on the ground. So, you know, there's definitely an adjustment to be made. And yeah, those are some of like the things that I need to, I need to get better at. Brings to mind a couple of things. Most of your doubles were they, were they like pulled on the ground like down the line, or were they like gappers or balls in the air? Yeah, so I mean, I'd say like eighty percent of them were hit in the gaps. You know, I would kind of hit a ball hard the other way over the first baseman, hit it like over third baseman. But you know, it's hard to you know kill the ball and hit doubles. You know, you got you got to have some luck to hit that many doubles. Absolutely. And then the other thought was like like a player comp. Because you mentioned Arnado and Panic, uh, do you have like player comp that you think you could project as as you move forward? Yeah, I mean, I know like there's there's guys with like similar bodies that I have. I know uh, the, the the scout that drafted me, he said I remind him of like a Turner, Justin Turner. Mm. You know, I can play third, I can play second, but I, I think it's more like a like a Glaber Torres. Like I have some pop in the bat. I'm not going to be the fastest guy on the field, but I'm going to make you know, all the routine plays. And I feel like it's, it's pretty similar, similar build. You know, we're both Latin American or Latin. So I, I see that a lot. Like you mentioned Turner, mm -hmm. you mentioned Torres and I, I see it right away. Like, yeah, like knowing your playing style and watching you as a gaucho and then seeing some of your highlights from minor leagues this year. Like I, I totally see it. And there's a place for that in, in these organizations at the higher levels. So, yeah. I, I I like that. That's great. Um, well, shoot, Marcos, you're good. You're a good interview, dude. I I 
<laughs> I'm surprised it took this long for for us to get get this on. And um, I we loved having you at, at UCSB. You, you were so successful with with the stick and and on the infield. And I know you've made your family really proud. And yeah. and we're we're sure. we're happy to that you're having all this success. Um, wish you the best of luck in the future, and hope we reconnect because uh, I know you're going to continue to do great things uh, with the bat. Uh, what's one thing that we can leave with that I have written down here? Uh, what's like your all time favorite bat flip moment that bat flip. personally, or like with, uh, like a teammate, like maybe something from college or maybe something from, from pro ball. From pro ball. I mean, I mean, yeah, I, other than winning that championship, I'd say that home run and, uh, that threw my my elbow guard in. That that was top. Like after I hit the ball, I was like, I told the guy, you know, they hit before me. That was on base. I was like, that's probably the coolest thing I've ever done on a field. <laughs> then everyone, you know, got excited. The fans got quiet. Like it was just the whole like total moment of everything going silent. And you know, we knew we were winning the game. And I hit the bomb. And yeah, <laughs> uh, I like it. Are you doing anything on social media? Like, or do you want people to follow you? Do you want to do a shout out for any plugs? Yeah, I mean, I have moment? I have Instagram. I guess X now. It's not Twitter anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, Chris, Chris is doing all this social media stuff. He's trying to promote it and and yeah. be part of his baseball image. But it it sounds like you you just let the bat do the talking, right? Yeah, I'm How gonna stay kind of low profile and. Yeah, if you see me, just you know, say what's up. Don't be afraid to say hi to me. I'm still feel like a college player. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> heck yeah! All right, well, uh, enjoy Hawaii. Enjoy the off season. Uh, stay healthy, and and we hope to see you soon uh, at UCSB. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks for having me on here. That's Marcos Castanon, uh doing his thing in Double A and minor leagues with the uh, San Diego Padres. Thanks, Marcos. Thank you. All right, thank you to Marcos Castanon, and thank you to Kyle's Kitchen. Next week, we will have Corey Lewis on the podcast talking about some more pitching stuff, uh, the knuckleball uh, as well. I uh, hope you enjoyed that interview with Marcos. He really had a an outstanding gaucho career that really could have been so much more if uh, injuries didn't uh, hold him back when he was in college, and it's just great to see him play two full healthy years in the minor leagues because you can really see uh, his true potential and uh, just a, a really sound professional. He loves hitting, uh, jumping into all that stuff. Uh, he just loves talking about it. And I think uh, he's in a great place and going to do a lot of great things moving forward. So keep tabs uh, on Marcos Castanon uh, with the San Diego Padres. So hope you enjoyed that. We got more stuff coming again, Corey Lewis next week. And uh, we'll keep things, these things rolling out on the, uh, the Gouch 9 podcast. So, as always, thanks for listening. My name's Kevin Cannon, and uh, talk to you next week.